0: to Blackbot's green room, a podcast presented by Dirty Rascals. In this series, we give writers a chance to air their dirty laundry, otherwise known as their bottom of the drawer plates. As always, I'm with my co-host Mr. Daniel Spicer. Hey, yep. Uh and with our wonderful sound engineer David, who has ever has engaged in the DIY sound trickery that is part of a Dirty Rascals podcast. Hello. Oh, he speaks. And uh and we're also of course with our lovely writer today, um which is Cat Rodder. Um, Hello. How are you doing, Kat?
1: Very good, thank you. How are
0: you? I'm good. Thank you for having us in your flat and turning it into a weird child's playpen, <laughs> um, which for context is just that like we put soft things all over the place because it's good for sound, says David.
2: It is. Cool. He speaks twice. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: so uh, before we get into um, anything else, Kat, do you mind telling us a little bit about yourself as a writer, like when you started writing or like what writing means to you?
1: Yeah. I mean, I I didn't actually do it a lot. I studied theatre at uni, but I didn't actually really start writing when I was at uni. Um, And it it was really after university that I just started. Um, And really, I just wrote for fun, really enjoyed it. Just thought, I'm going to write plays. Um, Wrote quite a few weird things, didn't do anything with them. Um, And then I just saw a competition. Um, It was actually little pieces of gold. So I submitted to that and I got into that. and so, yeah, that was kind of the first time I ever had a piece of writing that was performed anywhere and absolutely loved the whole experience. Um, and then afterwards, um, really thought, oh, I kind of want to keep doing it. Um, so then I submitted to the Royal Court Writers Group, got in, had an absolutely incredible time um, and sort of just haven't stopped since then. Um, I I don't really know that I have a, a genre. Um, I sort of go with, with what I feel. Um, but that's sort of my history as a writer really
0: do you want to tell us a little bit about your experiences in um things like the role play um the royal court like writers group and stuff like that in terms of did you find that being in a group of people was like a useful thing as a writer and like in terms of interrogating how you wrote and things like that
1: yeah I mean it was incredible I mean literally I'm not joking I'd I'd written that one thing had that short Play on, and that is the piece that I submitted to the Royal Court because they only wanted ten pages. Never in a million years did I think I would get in, but I was like, whatever, I'm just doing it. And I think it made it easier if you you don't have that pressure on yourself, you're not worried about whether something's going to come of it. Um, and I I remember my getting to the first session just feeling like a total alien because here was everyone else who you know I'd done theatre at Union was in that world, but. Really didn't know what I was doing. Didn't have a clue about plot, structure, dialogue, nothing. I was just like, oh, this is nice. Um, you know, and Chris Campbell came in on the first day. Uh, yeah, it was just it was just incredible. Being in a, in a group once a week with people who are all just as excited about writing and creating stories. Um, and it, it just forced me to write a play. Um, a play that wasn't very good. But still, uh, and it, it sort of just really fueled to me that wow this is what I love to do um so I would encourage everyone to apply if you can um and even if it's not that kind of a structured group um because I also did the the Soho Young company after that and that again was really incredible um but even if it's just a group of people that you you get along with meet up regularly talk about your work read your work together because I think that does really help you to keep going because ultimately you're just sitting in your room on your own. writing something and you just think well well, what what is this so yeah
0: interesting so can you tell us a little bit about this play in terms of um, where it comes from we'll get into a synopsis in a bit but like any background that you have to the play that you submitted to us
1: yeah so um this was for a Tamasha scratch night um I can't actually remember what the, the brief was but I I think for me the style of writing was very different from anything that I'd done before. It was quite lyrical, it's a monologue. Um, So I I really enjoyed it for that reason, just because it was quite playful. It didn't feel like something I'd ever done before. Um, So yeah, it it was specifically for a scratch night that I I wrote that piece. It's not like I had it kind of in my back pocket, I wrote it especially. Um, Yeah, so that's the history of it
2: really. Okay, cool.
0: Um, Dan, do you want to have a go, given a synopsis of what happens in the play?
2: I can try. So a, it, it it follows Joel. Well, Joel gives the monologue, right? Yeah. Um, and uh, like, is he at a bus stop at the start? He's just kind of like hanging about. He's right? kind
1: of mooching around, mooching around London.
2: Yeah. And then uh, I'm assuming it's a fella. Some fella comes up and then like reaches reaches out in <laughs> Joel's pocket. Yeah. Uh, pretty brazenly. Um, I I don't know. I guess we'll we'll get into it a bit later. But at least I remember when when I read it and when I when I first heard. Car and read it as well um it's maybe not clear what exactly uh this fella's reaching for um and then like you realize it's like nicking his wallet basically um and then later on they're they're, they're like he, he spots him in a cafe right yeah or he follow, he follows them to a cafe joel yeah. follows them to a cafe yeah um and then there's just this like just blurting of like or what's going on in this guy's life and that and Joel just sort of sitting there taking it I guess yeah um uh and anyway it, it all ends up with Joel spotting the wallet kind of strewn on the floor um and it kind of just has that overtone of like oh I kind of want to say something but I can't say something which I guess kind of happens a lot um especially in the city it feels very like about that kind of element of London in that in that sense. I don't know, is there anything that, I, that I've missed that you, you kind of want to bring up that happened?
1: No, or? I mean, I think it very much, and especially because it's a short monologue, it's very much like a snapshot in time. It's just, you know, a moment that can happen in London and it's about, I guess, how you can sometimes feel a little bit chewed up by London. Um, you, can, you can have these moments and you think they're really important, but actually someone, yeah, is, is just trying to knit your wallet and then they've done it and just chucked it on the floor. So it's kind of like that. Feeling,
0: yeah. yeah. I want to talk about stuff, but we'll, we'll we'll get into it when we get into it, sort of thing. um I uh, to, to preface this though, in terms of the London thing. Yes. Where are you from?
1: I am from London. You are from London.
0: Yes. It's interesting because it's like the way that um, <coughs> the thing that almost occurs to me is that, like, as someone else from London, yeah, big up stuff. Um, <laughs> I um. It, 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 I never really think of London as being like a thing. I think of it as the default, and then, yeah, like, yeah. The yeah. So it's interesting to see a writer from London talking about London in a way with almost the eyes. It feels to me almost the eyes of someone who's not from London. Oh, interesting. Um, just because it's because if you because you've made that a thing as opposed to it being just like yeah. the, the that there's a default. Yeah, um, that's interesting. But yeah, cool. Good to preface with that. though.
2: Yeah, it's like when someone points out like the for me or uh, something like that is if someone like points out what the flavor balance of like British food isn't like. <laughs> Yeah, but it's just food. Yeah. Don't <laughs> like, it's, just, it's kind of bland. Yeah. Like, yeah. Need more um, salt. <laughs>
0: cool. Shall we, shall we roll to a clip? Yeah, yeah, let's do
3: it. Let's do it. Does he flinch? Do I flinch? No. Because this is London. And you don't. You just don't. So we stand. And we look. And we look. And buses are going by. And people are going by. Not stopping. Just going by. This is London, remember. No one gives a shit.
2: Do you think that the like having grown up in London is something that pops up in a lot of your writing consciously or do you think it's like
1: no I mean no to be honest not necessarily I think and forgive me I can't remember the exact brief but this was very much about um Lon- quite London centric right, right. as a as a brief um, and obviously if you're writing to a brief it's a little bit more restrictive um I think there is something um you know, nice about exploring that. I don't necessarily know um, if that's something that I would choose to write about more broadly. I think what interests me more about, uh, interested me more about this is that kind of snapshot in time, that brief interaction with somebody. It doesn't necessarily have to be a London thing. Um, But yeah, so I, I don't know. I mean, I guess you're very much appealing to a specific audience if you're focusing it, purely on london mm. um so yeah i don't know i don't know because i mean it I, this may go into something we we'll talk about later but it's sort of what made me think about whether i wanted to develop the play anymore or not um because i don't know if i just wanted to write this kind of love letter to london or this exploration mm. of what is it like to live in london i'm not sure for me that that interests me enough
0: mm. there's something interesting about the interaction though and i think this this is something that we we'll probably will come onto in a different way later but this idea of like encountering someone and like kind of maybe putting the London thing to aside then, but like to encounter someone and often in in plays or in drama that first encounter you know where someone especially if there's a, a kind of aggressive act that begins you're expecting it to kind of escalate mm-hmm. and there's something really nice about um this where Joel we see like a snapshot of um, An internal, which ultimately manifests in not a lot of action. Like, it kind of comes to it later when he's, um, when there's this kind of following and then that. But in this moment, um, we see quite a lot of trepidation in a way that I think is often rare, especially in this kind of, like, solo, like, storytelling sense. So do you want to, can you speak to that maybe a bit, and maybe this idea of, like, his stream of consciousness and that kind of mental, like, maybe, like, not sure what he's going to do, not sure how to react, rather, and maybe not encountering or meeting that person in a kind of more typical dramatic sense where they're like gonna have a dialogue straight away and they're gonna start arguing but instead that he's how he's thinking about it
1: yeah I mean I think for me with with this in particular I wanted to just have one actor um so yeah just a monologue and I mean I think it, it provides you with quite an interesting opportunity for storytelling but you're telling the story in a very different way it's not a conversation this person is describing Mm -hmm. um and I do find that quite interesting dramatically just because I've not done a lot of it before um so that's partly why I use that device versus having him be like all right mate and then you know it'd be like that um how sustainable that would be if I tried to extend it I'm not sure um but yeah that's kind of my thinking around it um so I don't know if I've answered your question yeah, no, I think, really.
0: no I think so I think I think it's something that's interesting to me that like instead of them interacting yeah it's like we see w- w- with Joe's fo- focus is very much on himself and yeah. how he's reacting and I think that that's very true about how we move around in the world in an yeah. really interesting way
1: yeah, definitely. I mean, it's, it very much is kind of this is my viewpoint, my experience of this moment in time um, versus kind of opening it out a bit more broadly. But again, I don't know if it's kind of restricted by what it was in the sense of, you know, obviously I didn't take this play further. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but yeah, I think, yeah.
2: I want to pick up on that actually. Like there's there's definitely like, I mean, there's there's lots of different types of people, but mm-hmm. with the way that... Um, not to get too heady, but I guess the way that the patriarchy operates on men specifically, mm. there's there's types of guys who, if they if someone reached in their pocket, they'd lamp them yeah. or they'd start on them. There's types of guys who would say that they'd do that, but in reality would do exactly what Joel does. Yeah. And there's types of guys who know that they'll do exactly what Joel does.
1: Yeah,
2: I guess... Uh, I'm asking, like, what made you interested in this character being a guy, mm. um, and and then the the way that he reacts in in, in this situation.
1: Yeah, it's interesting, is it? Because so that I should preface this by saying something like this has happened to me, right? Not exactly this um but I had some. it was I call it like the politest robbery of all time I was sitting on the bus and this guy just I mean it was already quite a weird scenario but you know he put his arm around me I was like this is getting a bit weird um and he put his hand into my bag and had my phone in his hand I just was like could you please just not do that and he's like, oh, okay, just put it down, and that was it, you know. <laughs> so it, it was just it was just so like, oh my God. Um, so I think I don't know. I think I was just interested in exploring, you know, how many of those random things. it doesn't necessarily have to be someone stealing something from you. Um, but how many of those random interactions happen on a daily basis, um between people? And you know, it's interesting in terms of gender. Didn't didn't have to be a man. Could have been a woman. I I guess. Um, I'm not totally tied to it having to have been that way. Um, but it's interesting that you raise it like that because I didn't even consider the other side of it that he would have turned around, you know, clocked him. Because like, for me, that's not what it was about. Right. It was really about this whole kind of internal analysis that he was going through. That it might not necessarily be the reality, and he's got his own stuff that he's thinking like he's the mother Teresa of Bethnal Green and he's yeah, like saving lives you know yeah. he's so compassionate um but yeah I mean an interesting question of gender because I actually don't know that it would have to be a man but maybe it's interesting that it is and that that's the reaction mm. I uh,
2: think so yeah I, I agree I think it is interesting I don't know what the percentages are in terms of like what what kind of guys will react in what kind of way but it's, yeah it's, it's an it's a interesting it's like a very honest picture because there's never any question for joel over whether he he will just yeah. like yeah. turn around and sock him which yeah. is like interesting as well um i one further question which might be just like i don't know like an uninteresting uninter- tidbit but like do, do you think about names as, as quite important and if so like what what brought joel into the picture
1: <laughs> i i i wish i could say yes i think I mean, I think it's an interesting thing. And it's even like a thing with like a play title. I think, you know, when a name just is like, that's just not right. He's not going to be Gerald. That's, no, that doesn't fit. Um, I don't know. I wonder if there are other writers, you know, no. I don't think it is something that I think super academically about. I think it just comes, you know, just comes. Um, If it was super jarring, I, I would, I guess, notice it. But yeah. No, is that a bad answer? I wonder if... I wonder...
0: When when would you... Like, would you write it and then name them? Or would you name them and then write it?
1: Usually, uh, sometimes I don't have, like, a play title for something. But I would always have character names. Yeah.
0: Because I feel like... Because my default is always, like, the ABC. And I don't know if I like that. Oh, interesting. Because I feel like it makes makes me have a weird connection to them
2: sometimes. I think that it's nice if it's... Yeah, I used to be like that. And then I realised that, like, I just couldn't that i don't know it just it, it hampers because the do idea you start with the idea in my head w- used to be like oh if i don't make a decision about a name and mm. i do something as a placemaker that'll allow me to like get to know them mm. more and then i can pick up a name that's more suited later and i'm not like making prejudgments about them that's bullshit like yeah. when, if you get a name you suddenly just like imagine so much it just like opens you up so much more you know like, yeah I don't yeah know, do yeah. you find the same thing like... yeah
1: definitely i mean i think i find it quite hard to write characters without names I don't know why. Um, I think I did try that way around and just had like A, B and then they just sort of blended into yeah, the same exactly, voice. Yeah, exactly, um, yeah. But no, I mean, maybe I should start thinking a lot more about it before I start.
0: No, it sounds like you've got a good system. <laughs> I think it's better. Should
3: we do another clip? Yeah, let's do it. I ask him what he said and he repeats it. I think I heard him, but it's not what I expected. Not what you'd expect to come out of his mouth. This mouth cracked lips chapped lips cuts and bruises
0: it's quite clearly not been his day i'm sorry he says um because you keep mentioning um joe as a storyteller yeah. do you have a sense of who he's telling the story to and why
1: i mean this is where it's difficult isn't it because i want to be able to speak very academically about <laughs> about that but this really was like oh okay i'm gonna submit to this it needs to be a monologue but i think if you're really thinking about it um i would imagine him recounting this to one of his mates or one of his family i think it's very much like an intimate So you're never gonna you're never gonna guess what happened to me today you're never gonna guess um but yeah i would say that if i was really digging down into it
2: <laughs> solid
3: should we do one more clip? My eyes roll up. There he is. Sitting opposite like it's no big deal. Like we're old friends. I wonder for a minute if we are. Have I met you? Do I know you? Is he mad or am
2: I? Cool. Um, so I guess what I'm interested in is like that, that sense of like, have we met before? Mm. Thing that, that Joel's saying. Um, there are a lot of people in London. This isn't. All, I, I'm not, I just don't want <laughs> Hot to talk about like <laughs> <down>. <laughs> revelation. <laughs> but like, I don't know. There, 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 are like weird things that happen in this city. Compared, like, if I, if I'm like, if I go home to see my, see my parents or something, and like, I, I, see someone that I knew from like secondary school or sixth form college or whatever, it doesn't like shake me. But if like, if that were to happen in London, I'd be like proper shook. I'd be like, what are you doing in my life right now? gal? Yeah. Like, you don't belong here. Um and and there's that kind of sense sometimes especially in this like theater world um where like there's this there's people maybe that you know or you've seen or someone knows them or like you're supposed to have met them at some point yeah i don't know, yeah. kind of I, I don't know how, how how do you what am i trying to ask i'm asking like how do you feel like that that uh that thing manifests with like a total stranger like what what's 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 going through Joel's head here when he's like
1: I think it's because it plays into that thing of like literally and not to focus on London but no one in London talks to each other if you're out and about if someone says hello to you you're like mate what's going on Mm. um so it would make you stop and think okay do I, am I supposed to know? You might have that split second of, oh my gosh. Um, and again, I mean, maybe I just recount my whole life. But I once had someone come up to me on the train and he approached me and was like, hey. And I was like, hello, who are you? And do Literally, have I met you before? And he wasn't, he was just randomly talking to me. But um, I think it does come up. Well, it certainly came up in my mind. Um, yeah, so I think, and it's quite sad in a way that it's considered so bizarre to to talk to strangers but yeah
0: it feels it feels to me that there's something really interesting about the way that in that moment of when you when someone acts in a way which seems familiar Mm. that because of the abstracted social environment in which we find ourselves that then makes us seem to feel that we must have some association with them. Yeah. But yeah,
1: you know? I mean, I think also if someone connects with you, because I have had times where, you know, you, you might have met someone once, you see them again, you can't quite place them. You suddenly think, oh my gosh, I don't know your name. How am I going to get away with this? Um. So I think, yeah, sometimes you, you just think, well, I may have met you once and I'm just not remembering it. So
0: it feels to me, I mean, again, this might be me projecting onto Joel a little bit, but I it feels to me <laughs> like that, that there's a sense in which maybe he that there's a desire for connection in that looking for recognition as well
1: yeah i think so i mean it's it, cuz again this this whole piece i think is about that kind of meeting point having that moment whatever it may turn out to be um it is that point of connection in an environment where that doesn't happen too often yeah
2: um so I'm interested in how like so Joel basically he's very much like Well, I'm I'm gonna project onto the imaginary audience now. Yes. He's very much like us <laughs> in that like he um knows all the, <clears throat> the subtle rules that we don't say out loud yeah. and he obeys them all. hmm Um is it is that specifically something that you're interested in? Did it just come out with this character? Are you interested in the person who kind of maybe understands the taboos and breaks them anyway? Um, I don't know, like what what in terms of bringing something to a theater space, what function do you, do you find interesting about someone who like very explicitly um, is like over analytical about what mm. the rules are and obeying them and how to best fit the structures that we have.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think I think there definitely is something interesting about that. Again, I think if you were going to write that play, um, I'd really think around that because I think, again, sustaining that over a long period of time, how is that, what's interesting about that to an audience? Um, but, uh, I mean, because the, the things that I've written in the... You know, I've had stuff that's been slightly bigger topic-wise um, and then I also really, really like the smaller things, the quirkiness of human nature, just people are interesting in and of themselves, I think. Um, I'm one of the rare breed of people, whenever I say this to anyone in theatre, I get the same look. I love Chekhov. I love Chekhov. I I just, uh, you know, he's not necessarily um, everyone's favourite, but I just enjoy the kind of minutiae of human interaction and human relationships. Um... I think I've got on a massive segue, but, but I think for me, that's where the interest kind of comes. And I think there is something engaging in that. Obviously it depends what you write. Um, It depends what the play is, but I think certainly this piece, it just came up very much for that. It's not necessarily a theme that I'd thought loads about before, Um, but I think there's definitely, there's definitely something interesting there to think
2: about. What, um, this is because you mentioned Chekhov. What what class do you think Joel is? Oh,
1: I mean, I think I don't know. I think he could span a few ways. I think maybe he may, in the reading of it, come out working class. Interesting. Potentially, um, but I I think. I mean, I think it would change. It would change it a little bit depending on what his class was. Um, I wouldn't want him to be upper class. Is that the right term? I because I think it makes it too explicit, and it's not about class war, yeah, yeah. you know. So, um, right. if that makes sense, yeah, it's yeah. not about someone being like, "Oh, this person, yeah, you know, yeah, stealing yeah. from me." I don't want it to be like that. Um, so, yeah.
2: Uh, Should we do another
3: clip? His mum, his dad, his brother, his dead dog. It's all coming out, rambling, mumbling, but I get the gist. So I sit and I listen because he's pouring his heart out and I can't just bugger off. Can he bugger off?
1: I don't know. I think he's kind of slightly fascinated by the whole situation. Um,
2: I mean, he's shown that right by now because he's followed the bloke to the calf, I guess.
1: Yeah, I think... I mean it's quite hard as well because you you don't really know how something's going to pan out. I mean if this for example would actually happen to you you might be like oh, I don't know how this is going to go. Um but yeah I think he's just really intrigued to know what is going on and kind of see see how it plays out.
2: What, what do you think um like stepping away from Joel for a second then? What mm. do you think this guy's like drive is then? What's going on?
1: The other guy? Yeah. Uh, I mean I think I think he is sort of just maybe like a little bit of a chancer. I don't know if he's necessarily like, oh, I'm going to go out and steal wallets today. Um, I think maybe he comes across Joel and then they have this kind of, whatever it is, it's kind of like, oh, here's a guy, maybe we will connect. But then he does kind of just go for it. And maybe it is that thing of like, you know, the guy that put his arm around me and then was like... So I think that, but then I think probably he just kind of is probably quite lonely and just wants to actually have a chat in the midst of trying to steal someone's whatever, just have a bit of a connection, have a bit of a chat, I think um, probably is my feeling about him
2: it's kind of funny because it's almost like without the context of this guy having like reached in Joel's pocket before this is like those people like I don't know you come across someone you go to like a someone, house party or something yeah you know who I mean? just wants to tell you everything exactly yeah I like,
1: mean we've all you know you probably all sat on the bus and someone sat next to you and maybe just starts talking maybe that's just me it's not just me yeah. on buses
2: I feel like sounds like it's happening more often <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> i have a I lot mean, of bus and <laughs> that's probably
0: a gender thing as well
2: though. yeah, I mean, yeah. We
3: let's go to a clip in that moment,
0: I'm buzzing. I
3: feel good. I feel charitable. Fuck it, I'm changed. I start thinking of all the people I could be helping. The Mother Teresa of Bethnal Green. That could be me. I've not done much with my life, but this could be it. The turning point. I can feel it. The moving, the shifting. It's meaningful, I'm telling you. So I close my eyes and I bask in this glorious moment.
0: Fair. I, th- I think that, 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 I, that Mother Teresa of Bethnal Green is a really lovely line. And I think that it... Um, I don't know it does it's, it's this real desire to reach out isn't it I mean what um, is, is that something because I know that you said that the London thing isn't necessarily something that you thought like you would want to write a more extended piece about but this desire to reach out feels like it is really rooted in London right? yeah and, and definitely yeah, yeah. I
1: don't know, do you want to talk about sorry. that sorry um, well it's interesting and again I don't know if this is something you're planning to come to later but just this piece in general like with it sitting in my drawer for quite a while because that from this I actually got a bursary from Tamasha to keep to write for a period and it was quite open and they said you know you can expand this or write something else um and I decided to write something else um and it just is something that I've always come back to in in my mind and I don't know I think it does really interest me um and as you say you know there is something quite specific about London and the experience of living in London and, and and how it can feel um but when I have tried to expand on it I've always just felt like I don't know what the word is that I'm maybe that it is self-contained and but maybe if I was to explore that it would have to be in a different form slightly um but maybe I don't know I think uh, because You know, necessarily in and of itself, it's not about super, super high stakes things. Um, So I don't know.
2: Should we do, I
3: think, the final clip? I'm heading off, but something in my eyeline catches my attention. There it is, my wallet. I pick it up and take a peek. Gone, free of its contents, sad and worthless. My mind starts wondering, what's he doing with that money? In this day and age, £1.50 is getting you nowhere. What a waste. I go to put it in my pocket but think better of it. Instead, I toss it to the ground, where it belongs. Consider it a casualty of this day, this city.
0: Did we? It's the main question that we had about the library card. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I remember that. What happened to the library card?
1: What? Where did it end did up? Did he take it? yeah i think it's what's, it? what's he gonna do he's gonna it? take out a lot of books yes
2: he is he's so just gonna keep them <laughs> just keep them just, just leave joel with that open. Ob- run up Ob- those fines yeah. unbelievable that's great
0: one pound 50 is enough money for something just to get it it's better than not having one pound 50.
1: you're not wrong
0: go macky d's go macky yeah, yeah. Get some um man i it's interesting you talked about the the piece as being quite like poetic um and like lyrical at the start no no no. but i think uh, it's something that i think that um that gesture of like throwing it on the (laughs) ground it feels like but in in a way where like it feels like i the way that i perceive that poetry manifesting is like that joel's trying to live life poetically yeah that makes sense that there's this kind of like almost as if there is for an audience and like um and again we talk about whether or not he's like reliable Mm. um but yeah I, i feel like i recognize that like that thing of 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 i guess especially again with this london thing like when you can feel quite like gray mm. to kind of want to embellish your life with these sort of like gestures these grand gestures like yeah I don't know, it feels it feels interesting
2: to me
1: yeah and i guess sort of making a moment out of the more mundane stuff yeah definitely.
2: i like the call i like the call by joel to throw it on the ground mainly because wallets <laughs> are a weird thing you know you don't replace them unless they break and sometimes you've got a wallet that's like bare old. You're like, "This is a dead wallet. I need a new wallet." But you're <laughs> never going to get around to replacing it. First. You've got a throw it on the ground, so yeah. you have yeah. to buy a new one. Just let yeah.
0: it go. It's interesting though. What um, does is that a failure for Joel? That In ended? what
1: sense?
0: Did he fail? To, do you think that 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 moment because it feels like as a casualty of of this day I don't know is it a hopeful ending or is it a, is it a, is it it a is, failure
1: well okay I mean I guess like with anything you can take it yeah, whatever yeah, 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 you yeah, take yeah, yeah. it but for, for me writing it it was actually quite upbeat in the sense he's like oh my god this blooming London like yeah there you go just take it and then yeah. he's just sort of getting on with his day because he's gone through this whole hyperbolic thing in his mind and he's come to a certain point and then he realises the reality and he's like oh, okay just kind of chucks it and moves on it, it's not um supposed to be a super down moment right, yeah, No, yeah. <laughs> no. So like and then they
0: found joel like yeah <laughs> crying next yeah, to yeah exactly. i would love to see that version of it though. like Dramatic. The, the, when the actors like go for the audition then they like really want the part and they just go too far take
1: it a different way yeah. yeah
0: um interesting though yeah i think that's nice i think it reads that way and it, it almost like in my sort of like i've watched too many like BBC short dramas way, I kind of see him like rejoining the crowd of people and then like becoming fate part of the, the to, yeah, <laughs> Do you <yeah>. know what <laughs> I mean? And you're like, oh, where's he part gone? He's part of London. He's it's just been, been reabsorbed. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And we get these like little like snap. That's really nice though. Shall we? Do you want to ask a question? Yeah, let's ask a question. So you've been you've been hinting at it anyway, but yeah. So the thing that we do at the end of the podcast, okay. is we ask people whether or not they would like to hone or disown this piece of work, <sighs> which is quite a stark. Yeah. Like place to put it. like if you but I think that's I think it's a good question because uh, I think that, yeah if you had to pick one of those two to either throw it into the cinders and never be seen again or to have another bash at it where does this sit for you?
1: Okay, I think I think I'm gonna have to split up with this. I'm gonna have to disown it in principle as a as an idea, but I think I will try to carry forward some of. The style of it, maybe. And writing in a slightly different format. Um, But I I just don't know because I've tried numerous times and I'm just not sure how I would make it work.
0: Um, When when you're talking about the style of it, so it's like the um, monologue, but also... uh, the way in which it's yeah what uh, is it so yeah. for me
1: I think it's a because up until that point I, and as I say I've come you know super novice I don't really know I'm just I just write what I enjoy I don't know um you know the things that I'd written before what I thought a play had to be like um and I wrote very naturalistically um kind of ended up sounding a little bit like an episode of EastEnders. And and I was like, okay, but it's not necessarily what actually really interested me. So as I've moved through writing different things, it gets more and more sort of away from just pure naturalism. And I enjoy... Because (laughs) you can play with language, you know, in plays, um, in theatre, and you also can create any world you want, however you want. You've got a little bit of stage direction, and there you go. So I think... um, that's what i mean it's sort of it's where i started trying to write in a slightly different way i mean it's of course it's still a monologue but just it had a bit more of a rhythm to it mm. it was maybe real life plus a little bit um so i think that i'll just take the essence of being playful with my writing nice. but i think i will maybe just have to leave 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 him there
0: leave Giles stuck in london yeah where he belongs where he belongs <laughs> um Cool, the podcast has ended. <laughs> Full stop. Stop, the- oh no, not stop, it. okay, and then now I need to do the, that's the end. Is it? That was the end. When I said it was the end, that's the end. The end? Now I'm going to do the, the bit, <laughs> now I'm going to do the bit where I do the thing. Our actor this week was Karen Gill, sound editing, design and engineering by David Denyer. produced by Pavlos Christodoulou and Daniel Spicer, and executive produced by Jeremy Wong and Dirty Rascals Theatre dada 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 dada